good morning slash afternoon slash evening. Welcome to the Cowboys and Rice podcast, a perfectly passable China Africa podcast. I'm your host, Winslow Robertson, and I'm joined by our co-hosts, Lena Ben Abdallah, a PhD student in international relations at the University of Florida, and Yiting Wang, our resident China sustainability specialist. Lena, Yiting, how are you ladies doing? Doing well, thank you. Pretty good, thank you. And I'm sorry to wake you up so early, Lena. I heard you had a very busy week. What were you doing? Yes. Yeah, it it was a very busy week. It's it's technically spring break here, but as my advisor says, it's only a break from coming to campus. Um, <laughs> it is. It gets very busy, um, but so. But I'm I'm glad I'm here. So you you left uh, University of Florida, and now you're back in Gainesville. Uh, yes, I am back in Gainesville technically for two hours. Well, which 45 minutes of those two hours have already passed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I'll be I'll be uh, gone again for the weekend and then coming back tomorrow, hopefully in the evening. Um, but well, that is fantastic to hear that. Hopefully, you'll find mm-hmm. some time to sleep this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and eating. What about yourself? Anything interesting going on with you? Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. I think you should just pass me and go on. I'm gonna pass you and go on. That is what we will do. So, <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, African Development Jobs. African Development Jobs, a site run by Nino Duro, seeks to connect development workers, professional development resources, and work opportunities in Africa on a quest to help diversify development. It highlights the voices and issues of Africans in the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. Today's episode is going to focus on the golden relationship between China and Ghana, specifically around mining. To discuss this topic, we are inviting Professor Yang Zhao on the pod. Uh, Professor Zhao specializes in Chinese entrepreneurs and migrants in Ghana, including the mining sector. And... He recently earned his doctorate in cultural anthropology from the University of Florida, where he worked on the topic of mining, I, I believe. And he was also a bit of a colleague for Lena. Uh, he is currently a visiting assistant professor in, what is it, it's Anthropology and International Relations? I forgot your official title, Professor Zhao. Uh, Hi, uh, yes, uh, Miami University uh, in the Department of Anthropology. So in the in Miami University in Ohio, yes. in the Department of Anthropology, is it Miami University or University of Miami? Miami University. <laughs> All right, perfect. I get that question a lot. Uh, <laughs> and um, and besides answering my inane questions, he also does China Africa research. So, Professor Zhao, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to shut you, up yeah. now because Lena is going to take over. Okay, uh, thank you for the introductions, Winslow. So, Yang, uh, why don't we start just uh, talking about how you got interested in China-Africa relations and and uh, why you you uh, chose anthropology as your kind of intellectual home for uh, looking at those questions. Oh, hi, Lena. Um, how are you? Um, yeah. Um, so, um, well. I got interested in this topic uh, around uh, 2006. Uh, so uh, 
I was taking two seminars at that time uh, at University of Florida, uh, and uh, one is African entrepreneurship, and the other is uh, transition to capitalism. So, and uh, so we sort of uh, you know stumble upon this this um, uh, 2006 uh, China you know the the forum on China Africa cooperation and mm-hmm. the big summit in Beijing and then we started to you know um, discuss about this issue and um, and then I subsequently got interested in you know what uh, Chinese entrepreneurs are doing and how they're adjusting uh, and then what's their impact in Africa uh, and that's how I got interested in this topic and um, I, I chose anthropology as, as my discipline uh, because I was intrigued by its um, you know ethnographic fieldwork as and the research strategy um, main research strategy so I um, was you know um, doing a little research when I was in college, and then I applied for anthropology in grad school in in the states. Uh, that's how I got uh, got to University of Florida. Very interesting. Can you? Uh, so I know Yang, you have worked. You, you've been to Ghana for field work, and you have worked with was it entrepreneurs, migrants. Um, we would yes. like to just know a little bit more about, you know, your research in Ghana. But um, so you can speak to you know, what you were doing during your field work. But you can also, but I would like like just to know um, a little bit more about the miners uh, specifically that you've encountered, interviewed, uh, talked to, and I, and I imagine you uh, have had, uh, you know, the time to develop kind of personal relationships with them. So if you can just you know, talk to us a little bit about the profile of a miner uh, from China who lives in Ghana. Um, that would be nice. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I was having some code here. Um, well, I uh, first uh, went to Ghana in 2008, uh, and I did a pilot research on Chinese entrepreneurs. So... I uh, didn't know anyone there before I go, and uh, <laughs> so I sort of just uh, dived in and made some friends uh, who were uh, entrepreneurs who also are involved in the uh, local Chinese uh, chamber of uh, businesses. So, and they sort of introduced me to the local entrepreneurs uh, community there, and then I. Uh, Started my major field work uh, in 2010 and um, spent almost two years there um, collecting data. So uh, my research uh, have covered uh, both uh, traders uh, in the market and um, entrepreneurs who own factories and uh, entrepreneurs who are involved in agriculture and fishing. Um, and of course, uh, gold mining. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now I'm gonna talk a little bit about the, uh, um, the gold miners and the gold mining entrepreneurs. So, um, the majority of the, uh, the majority of the 
gold miners uh, that come from China in Africa uh, are from a uh, Guangxi province, are from Guangxi province. So, and uh, around 2010, uh, when I first started my major field work, um, I had a contact who was actually working uh, with uh, Guangxi miners as a translator and uh, like a business uh, mm -hmm. facilitator. And sort of he introduced me into this community. Uh, and therefore, I got uh, access to um, to interview some of the miners and mining entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, so for a lot of these gold miners who are from Guangxi, uh, gold mining, uh, going abroad in search of gold is has been a tradition. So uh, most of them are from a particular county in Guangxi province. Uh, and the county is called Shangling County. Uh, and basically this county has a long history of gold mining uh, in China. So most of the you know miners who come from that county, you know, have the technology know-how to do, you know, specifically uh, alluvial mining, surface mining. Mm -hmm. So they started to, uh, you know, uh, arriving in uh, in Ghana around uh, 2009 and 2010, uh, and and that's happened to be a time when gold prices were soaring. So uh, and of course, there are other, you know, uh, miners who are from, you know, Hunan province, Henan province, Heilongjiang, and Fujian provinces, um, and all over China. But uh, the Guangxi miners make up the majority. Um, mm. Yeah. So at that time, there were around estimate. My estimate was like there were around uh, between twelve thousand to twenty thousand gold miners uh, that from. China in, in Ghana, and most of them are involved in uh, the uh, alluvial gold mining uh, because a lot of the gold reserve in, in Ghana are, you know, are, are, are quite shallow. Uh, I, mean, I mean, close to the surface. So, um, and along the river banks. So that's how you know. Um, they will, you know, um, do the mining. And um, so most of them are small scale um, and they are quite experienced in such type of gold mining. Um, and what they have brought uh, into the, you know, traditional uh, mining sector in, in Ghana is that they have brought in more advanced uh, equipment, mining equipments, machinery um so that really um you know increased their um efficiency mm -hmm. uh, and had some impact on the traditional artisanal uh surface gold miners in ghana who are ghanaians um so in in at that time uh gold, surface gold mining by foreigner foreign nationals were uh prohibited by law. So by definition, a lot of 
the these uh, Guangxi small scale alluvial miners are illegal, are illegally mine, uh, involved in this mining mm -hmm. business. So what they do is usually they will um, have some partner who are Ghanaians uh, who are allowed to engage in small scale mining, but either are still prospecting or don't have the equipment or the ideal um, efficiency of mining. So, and then they'll partner up and generally the Ghanaian partners will have, uh, some of them have the uh, mining licenses uh, and some of them just have the uh, uh, the prospecting licenses. So, um, and there's also uh, the local chiefs um, are involved because many of the concessions they work on actually um, belongs to other bigger mining companies or uh, individuals who own the concession. Right. So uh, the chief, local chiefs also played a role in, in forming such businesses or, I mean, uh, sustaining such businesses. So... So their business model of the Guangxi miners business model is like a uh, partnership with the local uh, Ghanaian who mm -hmm. can provide a, you know, small scale license and the local chief who um, grants them access to the land uh, because mm -hmm. the, <clears throat> excuse me, because the, um, you know, in, in, in Ghana, in the traditional uh, society, um, the the local chiefs are in charge of uh, you know they they have the right to uh, allocate and to de decide the use of the land. Uh, um. So it's almost like there are two kind of permissions: the kind of the administrative one that you have to have a license, and then you have to have the the access from the chief. Is that is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, but before kind of before we move on to another something different, just talking about agribusiness, I wanted to know um, how many are we talking in, in, in terms of your sense of how many gold miners um, uh, there are, at least from your experience or from what you read or from uh, just a sense of how large is the group. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Well, the, the numbers, uh, nobody is keeping a record of the numbers and, and the number uh, is always fluctuating. But, um, you know, uh, what Shangling County officials, uh, estimated is that, uh, about 12,000 gold miners have gone to Ghana. Um, but, um, Chinese entrepreneurs in Ghana, uh, they estimated there there approximately uh, about twenty thousand uh, gold miners in Ghana uh, involved in small scale uh, surface mining uh, around two thousand ten and eleven at that time, and um, sub subsequently uh, there had been several multiple waves of uh, you know uh, law enforcement uh, initiated by the Ghanaian government. Uh, task force on illegal uh, mining. So, 
many of them have since left uh, the country and moved on to other countries like Cameroon. Um, and so um, I, I recently uh, traveled to Ghana again uh, over the winter break and um, and 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 my contacts told me uh, they're much uh, fewer um, mm. gold miners uh, in Ghana than 2010. So um, I don't know the exact number now, but it's definitely uh, yeah um, mm-hmm. smaller. Right. Number. Mm-hmm. Let me check with Eating and Winslow if they have any follow-up questions. Sure. Uh, about this. Eating. Um, yeah, I am. I'm thinking if you've had any um, thoughts on how what you know what how did the Chinese miners um, negotiate their access in you know, a ways two sets of you know sort of governance regimes um, you know in the areas that you did research on. What what are the tactics and what were the challenges and success? Okay. okay, so you mean the challenges for the uh, small-scale mining entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Right, just basically then, how how they engage the formal and then the, the informal, um, you know, the the, the the systems around the chieftains and uh-huh. local customs. I see, I see, yes. Okay, so um, first of all, um, the... Most of the uh, miners uh, <clears throat> are from Guangxi province, and uh, they're from a region, a mining region, and most of them have very low education level, so they do not speak English at all. Um, so they usually pull their capital together, and um, they will hire someone who... Um, who is English proficient and um, will negotiate with, uh, you know, uh, landowners, chiefs, and other business partners on on their behalf. Um, so, another interesting group of people involved in in, in this uh, small scale mining, illegal mining, is uh, are these, uh, you know, uh, sort of go betweens, brokers, and translators. So. Most of them have, you know, college degrees or um, have some uh, English proficiency who understand the local traditions um, and have been living in, in Ghana for quite some time. So they know their way how to act, uh, you know, approach the chiefs uh, and how to deal with uh, the, you know, uh, other business partners. And they also have, um, you know, uh, Social uh, a social network that includes uh, you know contacts in the government and in the law enforcement and including immigration uh, offices and local police departments. So um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's um, so basically the miners are relying on a group of uh, you know facilitators who are English proficient and who knows the the local you know traditions and and ways of doing things. That's that's how they approach, and then yeah, the the chiefs. Very interesting, yeah. 
that is that is that is quite interesting and sort of upends mm-hmm. a few notions of how people might um, think of different sorts of Chinese entrepreneurs uh, coming to an African country. Mm-hmm. Um, is there more money being a facilitator or a miner? Uh, sorry. Is there more mm-hmm. money in facilitating than in mining? Um, you mean the money from? Is it more lucrative to be a facilitator than oh, to be a miner? <clears throat> um, I I think someone dis disconnected just now. I eating disconnected. I'm, we're okay. gonna see if if we can add her back in. Okay. Um. Well. <clears throat> uh. You know. It it depends on the arrangement uh, between the facilitators, the, the translators, and the uh, gold mining entrepreneurs. Uh, for in some cases, for example, uh, a contact who um, you know who I interviewed, um, he basically will um, the the form a kind of a business partnership with. Uh, so he had some shares in their. Uh, local, uh, you know, operations. So, so he 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 really, uh, you know, is not only you know getting salary from 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 the uh, you know entrepreneur owner of the business, but he is part of the you know a business partner. So he's a shareholder of the business. So um, of course, uh, if they you know um, um, you know if they were lucky and uh, yeah, they they will had a a, a huge in, uh, profits uh, in a very short time. Um, yeah, and and some sometimes though it's um they are you know they will become millionaires overnight. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So and and mm-hmm. more more interesting. What's more interesting is that uh some of the uh, translators and facilitators. Uh, they gradually be, be, became entrepreneurs themselves, and uh, after working for a while with uh, you know, Guangxi miners, they mm-hmm. sort of started their own business. Since they they know the you know their local context, they know uh, what land is promising and what's uh, available, mm-hmm. and they will just uh, uh, you know um, what they need is and you know. Uh, Miners who have the experience and then equipment, so and of of course um, some capital uh, partners. So yeah, they will form their own business and and yeah. You know what? This reminds me even slower, and I think this reminds me a little bit of the episode we had um, on Uganda. Remember the the whole um, the whole idea about this identifying market opportunity and just jumping on it to create something or do something. Mm. Uh, so it's, it seems, it seems a little bit parallel to that where you, you have these migrants who start as, you know, doing one job and then they identify a gap or a market opportunity and then they jump on it and then they start, you know, doing things, uh, the different things. So, um, you know, it, it, it seems very interesting and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking from uh, expertise here, but I'm kind of almost sure, you know, if you look at African entrepreneurs in China, these patterns may be similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may find similar kind of, um, trends there. Um, but let's, um, let's move on to something. 
Jonathan, a little bit different. Uh, Yang, you wrote a policy brief for size carry. Oh, um, yes. Uh, and, oh, and can you spell out size carry for our listeners? Uh, yes. Uh, if I may, uh, can I add one last point? I mean, uh, it's oh, actually, a, a, yes, an update. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, just uh, recently, the... Uh, uh, the Minister of Lands and Natural Resources in Ghana and also the, the Mining Commission in Ghana, they have announced a um, updated, uh, you know, uh, policy uh, in, in mining uh, sector. Um, so it's called the Minerals and Mining Policy of Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, is based on the Ghana's medium uh, term development policy frameworks and what what they propose or what they are trying to do here is to try to uh include the small and medium uh size uh, mining activities uh investment uh, by foreigners um to create a formal policy framework so that uh, you know, uh, to include the legal, um, you know, sustainable kind of, uh, you know, small-scale mining, uh, mining investment from foreigners. So before, there was no, you know, legal basis for small-scale mining uh, by foreigners. Mm, very, and, and was this uh, advocacy groups put in pressure on the government? Is it domestic pressure, international pressure? Well, how uh, did this no, you come see, about? Yes, um, you know the the government works on a you know a neoliberal economic uh, you know uh, principle. So mm-hmm. they they really need they want to uh, revitalize um, the mining sector and. Without, uh, you know, foreign investment, they cannot achieve this goal. So mm-hmm. what they're trying to do here is, you know, try to, you know, um, um, you know, get the um, necessary foreign investment uh, in the into the mining sector, but at the same time to make sure, uh, you know, the, the operations in the small scale uh, mining sector uh will will have you know a uh, positive um you know kind of economic impact and also you know, try to try to try to you know protect the environment um, as much as they can yeah that's yeah that that that's actually very good i think it's a the more regulated the better in, yes. in 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 this yeah of course yeah Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the agribusiness? What do sure. you think? Yeah. All right. Okay, so our next question for you, Yang, since you um, have diverse research uh, areas of research expertise, um, the next question is about um, the uh, the policy brief you kind of the research and policy brief you you did for uh, Science Carry, um, which is. The Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies uh, China Africa Research Initiative. I mean, our listeners have had a couple of uh, uh, episodes uh, dedicated to talking about uh, Sias Carey, actually. Uh, and you happen to have been on one of the grants or maybe two of the grants. So if you could just talk to us a little bit about that report, kind of the main 
findings um, on the conclusions? Sure. Uh, well, I, I got a, a grant from uh, Saez uh, Kari uh, in 2014 to uh, conduct research on, uh, you know, Chinese agribusiness entrepreneurship. Uh, and um, I went to Nigeria and um, and I did a case study on a uh, state-owned company's uh, agricultural investment in, in Nigeria. Um, and I sort of, in the policy brief, I compared uh, this kind of model uh, with uh, a case study of um, agribusiness entrepreneurship uh, in Ghana uh, when I did my uh, dissertation research in Ghana. Um, so the basically uh, these two uh, models are represent two uh, different uh, modes of uh, you know uh, Chinese agricultural investment. You uh, at least the two. You know you have the Chinese agricultural um, you know, um, investment from state-owned uh, companies who are mostly large-scale and uh, many of them are in cooperation with, uh, you know, a lot of the agricultural research institution and the Chinese government, uh, you know, the, the Ministry of Commerce, uh, you know, the Agricultural Aid uh, Department. Uh, or office, uh, and another, you know, you on the on the on the other hand, you have uh, you know thousands of um, small scale uh, entrepreneurs who uh, are investing in you know farming and agriculture in Africa, and uh, they open up their own farms and then produce locally. Uh, yeah, so the, yes. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of interesting when I hear Nigeria, I think oil, energy, I don't necessarily think agriculture, but it seems you're saying that there is quite a bit of activity there in terms of agribusiness, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yes. Um, you see, in Nigeria, yes, we, we know that uh, Nigeria is a big oil exporter, um, but, um, but in, in Nigeria, actually, uh there's not only um you know agriculture investment by state owned companies from china but also uh it has long been a place where um chinese uh agriculture aid um had been taken place uh in oh okay yeah so and um i i can't think of the i can't remember the name it's i think it's uh south south cooperation projects um, pioneered by, I mean, uh, the the World Bank or the UN. Uh, well, we 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 can, uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah. So um, Chinese government and the Ministry of Commerce will uh, send um, agriculture experts, uh, mm-hmm. and basically they will um, serve as you know um, expert um, support or extension uh, in Nigeria uh, for one or two years. Uh, they will give lectures and, and help hold uh, workshops 
for mm-hmm. the uh, Nigerian farmers. Yeah. So, and of course, there are also private uh, entrepreneurship in agribusiness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I think you think, you're thinking probably of the food and agriculture organization, right? Those oh, yeah, three-way, yeah. yeah, the three-way platforms that they yes. often, uh, yeah, put together. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to move on to the last question, um, and that's going to build on or draw on both your experiences with entrepreneurs in Ghana and in Nigeria. Uh, and we would like to know, um, you know, just in terms of this economic slowdown that we uh, hear about in, happening in China, we would like to know if any of your informants and contacts have talked about, you know, what are the ramifications and implications of that on the num- these numbers of Chinese entrepreneurs and migrants, miners um, in Africa. Is this downturn, you know, influencing their, 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 their lives? I mean, you just mentioned you were... In Ghana, this past winter break, have you seen anything that, that could speak to this question? Um, well, um, this uh, I noticed uh, in the news on this, but uh, I mean, uh, this has not shown up in uh, my dialogue uh, conversations with uh, my contacts uh, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, th- I think. Uh, it will it will have some impact, um, but um, mo- most of the entrepreneurs um, I work with, they have been in uh, I mean in, in Ghana or in Africa for uh, many years, and um, you know um, in terms of you know uh, the sectors uh, they are involved in trade. Uh, and you know manufacturing in in you know agriculture in a lot of the sectors um but i think the 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 slowing down uh has many many you know uh, factors and 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 i'm not a economist so i don't know uh how to uh uh try to you know um approach mm-hmm. this yeah Right. We just wanted to get a sense of, you know, just from your experience go, being there, has have you seen anything? And so that answers really our question. I mean, we don't have to do any, you know, speculation or anything, but just from, yeah. you know, view from the ground, have you seen sort of, you know, any signs or anything? And it seems that it seems that you're saying you have not. And so that's probably yeah, what we were aiming for. Just wanted to know, you yes, know, your yes. thoughts uh, on this. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it seems. Uh, yeah, their, uh, their, uh, their business seems fine. And, um, although there have been complaints about, uh, you know, uh, the infrastructure recently in, in Ghana, because mm-hmm. we, we all know that, uh, in Ghana recently, um, there have been a power shortage problem. Uh, they, they've always had this, uh, problem of, you know, not having enough electricity um, produced for right. for uh, domestic consumption. So, so increasing um, interruptions of electricity supply um, and also uh, the um, right yeah inflation. So, uh, in two thousand eight, when I was in Ghana, the 
uh, exchange rate between Ghanaian CD and U.S. dollar is one to one, and now it's a uh, one dollar to four CDs. Um, so it's quite a uh, that's a big difference.、Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Very good. We are very. Very happy to have had you on the show today, Yang.、Uh, thank you very much for all the um, expert um,、uh, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, we'll have to redo this one, Slo. <laughs> no we'll problem. No problem. I'm, I'm for, for sharing your expertise. For sharing、okay. your expertise. Thank you very much,、uh, Yang, for being on the show with us today and sharing your expertise on these questions of Chinese entrepreneurs in Ghana and Nigeria. Uh, we would like to move on to recommendations before we、uh, we sign off.、Uh, so, do you have any recommendations for our listeners?、Um, the recommendations can be anything、uh, China related or non-China related.、Uh, can be you know any recommendations you can think of, articles or food or movies or anything you can think of. Oh,、uh, I don't know what I mean.、Uh... You, you mean recommendations for the audiences? For, yes, for the listeners. For the listeners. Anything? <laughs> Anything. Well,、uh, can you give me an example or something? I I,、uh, I have no idea what I mean. A good restaurant you ate at in Ghana that you would like. Ah,、oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right.、Um, Yes.、Um, well, I will recommend a, a, a very nice uh, um, oh yes.、Um, I, I think I will recommend、um, a uh, uh, WeChat uh, public account、uh, run by. The local Ghanaian、uh, Chinese community, and also、nice. the Chinese、uh, Business Chamber of Business,、uh, and the Chinese name of that public account is called Jiana Huaren Zixun, and in English it means、uh, you know information uh, for uh, you know Chinese in Ghana. Um, and they also have a website. I like the、uh, use of Huaren. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huaren. Yeah. Chinese overseas in in Ghana. Yeah. So、um, they also have a website,、uh, and I think it's Chinese、uh, Chinese in Ghana dot com. Let me let me just try. Very、to. good.、Mm-hmm. That's a very good recommendation. Yeah. Oh, I think it's GhanaChinese.com. Okay. Yeah.、Um, but again,、uh, I mean,、uh, this、uh, organization has been、um, a both a social organization for、uh, Chinese in Chinese community in Ghana, but also、uh, it serves as a、um, advocacy、uh, platform for. Chinese business um, persons um, and migrants. For example,、um, 
you know, last year, towards the end of last year, uh, there was a change in the uh, 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 visa requirement, I mean, visa regulations in, in Ghana uh, concerning arriving Chinese uh, business persons. So uh, they basically halted all the on-arrival visas for Chinese nationals. Uh, so then the uh, Chamber of Commerce um, uh they they sort of hold a, a you know meeting with the immigration services uh, of Ghana and so that later they modified that regulation so that all the recognized um, you know Chinese uh, business person who are associated with a list of uh, Chinese companies uh, will still get on arrival visa. Uh, this initial policy was to the intention was to, uh, you know, prevent, uh, illegal minors to enter the country because mm-hmm. they would have no, uh, you know, um, they're, they're not, they, they're going, they're going in on, on arrival visas, uh, on tourist, uh, purposes, but actually they were working, uh, there. And so they, they initially, they intended to, you know, stop such, um, illegal minors, but, uh, at the same time, they, stopped all on arrival visas for all Chinese nationals so that kind of impacted all the Chinese community so the uh yeah this 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 um Chinese chamber of commerce have stepped up in uh, the effort to negotiate it uh, you know uh a modification so that you know business person with formal association with a list of companies can still get the on-arrival visa. That seems like they're doing a... a lot of good groundwork. So thank yeah. you for the recommendation. Yeah, that's really incredible. And okay, so Yang, Yang, if we were, if we wanted to ask... Mm-hmm. Sure. Go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't want, I didn't mean to, to uh, cut you off, Winslow. I think there's a bit of a delay in the in, yes. in, in the connection. Uh, uh, no, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's really incredible. That's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yang, if people wanted to find you on the internet, how can they find you? Uh, <laughs> I have a Facebook page, which I'm not quite active in, but. Uh, you can just search my name on Facebook, uh, and my profile photo, uh, is, I think it's still, uh, me in a, in a blue vest standing <laughs> in front of, uh, a, um, Chinese fishing boat in Ghana. So that's me. Or, um, uh, and I don't have an active Twitter, but I'm thinking, hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Uh, in terms of recommendations, eating. I think eating is uh, no longer with us. Do we still have eating? I, I uh, don't, recommendations from you and her. I, I don't believe oh, okay. so. Um, and okay. um, my recommendation would just be, I guess, um, uh, Teaism, a restaurant in Washington D.C. <laughs> And I have 
had a number of events there and, and had a number of dinners there with, with Chinese friends and colleagues, and they all seem to enjoy themselves. So I'm giving it the official cowries and rice seal of approval that if you are in D.C. And, okay. and want a decent, um, not that decent, it's good. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good restaurant, good atmosphere, and very quiet, which I, I enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. A pan-Asian fare uh -huh. um, with a really good tea selection. I, I heartily recommend it. And yeah, if, if you are in D.C. and if you want um, good pan-Asian food, you tea, you will not go wrong if you go to Teaism. And D.C., um, our cuisine is sometimes lacking, so <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to... to well, D.C. have a lot of Chinese restaurants. I mean. Oh, I... The, we... D.C.'s Chinese food situation deserves um, a book, but <laughs> I, I, will, I will not get into it. In right. any case, but that how, is my recommendation. Very good. Very good. Teaism. Yep. T A I S M. Yeah, T E A I S M. It's on um, 8th Street. It's near um, the uh, Navy Archives Metro. Okay. And it's uh, 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 quite a lovely restaurant. Yes. Okay. And how did yeah, you add one you more? On the internet. Oh, I'm sorry. There was sorry? another question. Yeah. Can, I, can I add one more recommendation? Oh. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm recommending a Chinese restaurant uh, in, in Accra, Ghana. Which one? Uh, it's in the airport residential area. It's called the Mandarin <laughs> Restaurant. Was that the one that was mm. open in the Mandarin Restaurant? Was that the one open in the 1970s? Oh, uh, uh -huh. I don't think so, but I think it's... Uh, I think it's started around 2006 or even before 2004 maybe and, um, and so the Ma the mandarin restaurant go on yes mandarin restaurant in airport residential area if you are uh, uh, you happen to be a listener in Ghana and you, you take a taxi and you tell the driver you're going to this Nyahu area and I think they all know uh, the restaurant. Cool. Uh, it's it's been there for quite a long time, and the food is very nice. And they recently uh, got uh, renovated, um, and uh, it's not far from uh, you know uh, Chinese embassy uh, in that area. So yeah, so the, I mean I highly recommend this place. Excellent. That's great. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> Lena, what's your recommendation? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> no, I um, hmm, I have to think about this one. <laughs> I, I yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about it, Winslow. I'm sorry, I did not have one for today. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no rest stop or or gas station restaurant over the past uh, week. No, actually, I have had amazing Cuban food. Oh, cool. Um, Where is it? So this was a, a, a... Actually, it was a food truck. Um, let me just tell you. It was a food truck. I'm, I should have should have prepared this better. 
<laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to work on this. We, again. we, we will we will come back to this at a later um, part. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. We can do that. All right. Yes. And then um uh the oh sorry go on Lena. No, I wasn't saying anything. Go ahead. Okay, and so uh, I if if you want to find me on the internet, I can be found on cowrysrice.blogspot.com and www.cowrysrice.com, the latter site housing my fledgling China African consultancy. In addition, <laughs> my Twitter handle is at Winslow underscore R, and I tweet about China African news, events, opinions, and arcana, and not a lot of serious tweeting in the past week, uh, I'm ashamed to say, mm -hmm. but I will try to do better. Uh, Lena? <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm also on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at L Ben Abdallah. That's L B E N A B D A L L A H. Uh, I also tweet uh, China Africa related uh, stuff and kind of just the same as uh, as you just said, Winslow. This week it was very uh, low key for me in terms of uh, Twitter, but um, it, it should get better. Excellent. And I just to, to plug. Uh, Eating's Twitter account. It's uh, at Dao of the Pooh. Dao as in Taoism. Uh, Pooh as in Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. And um, and yes, she is a fine China Africa uh, Twitter voice in her own right, and I recommend you follow her. Excellent. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. I oh, I found my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. My Twitter handle is a date a u g two six t h August twenty sixth. Okay. Yeah. So I think my last tweet was in two thousand fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So. All right, that is that is about it for today's episode. Uh, we would like to thank Professor Jiao for uh, joining us from Ohio, as well as African Development Jobs. Uh, this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Double Twist, and iTunes. Oh, we and, and Buzzsprout. Sorry, I had to And add Buzzsprout. That. Yes. Okay. We are teaming up with the WTND Community Radio for, for Macomb, Illinois to share our podcast. We would uh, also like to thank Mighty Mike uh, uh, of Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song. And thank you, dear listener, for giving us your time. Take care. <laughs>